Previously on the Nature of My Game podcast. I assume, of course, that Sonny is just going to pull out the 38 special and open fire. We're, we're just here getting some, some information about some opera tickets. See, this is why I was saying we just need like a secret handshake. But one thing is for sure, he was known to, to frequent the mounds at night. What, what, what kind of kind of oddity? Well, to be fair, the man did make some bone paste. But the, the strangest thing is that the deputy shot Yale five times with his sidearm, and yet somehow Yale survived and escaped. Oh, good God. Okay, that's unexpected. Don't assume that the program has your best intentions in mind. They don't. I think this whole thing is an allegory about the dangers of liquor. You've been nothing but helpful, Mary Gerard. What a pleasure this has been. There's an entire generation of people who lived in Chester during the time that Arthur Hunt was here. I mean, you, you have to be more paranoid now than you were last night after everything that you've heard. What I want to do, honestly, I'm getting the idea. I want to go to the, the mounds at night. Yeah, let's go there uh, in the middle of the night. So when, when, when no one else will be there and also we can't see anything. <laughs> Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, April 16th, 2001. Father Seamus O'Keefe knelt down in a pew in the chapel of St. Joseph, looking up at the intricate stained glass behind the altar. This wasn't his first time at St. Joseph's University. He had been coming regularly over the course of the past school year, but he hoped it would be his last. He had finally done what he had been building toward all year, an exorcism, but he felt no relief. In fact, he felt far more unsettled now than he'd felt at any point since he'd heard of Casey Tully. Casey was a sophomore at St. Joseph's, and Seamus had been told that Casey might be one of his special cases nearly eight months before. Seamus was dubious initially, far more dubious than he would have been when he started his career as an exorcist. Then, it had been exciting. But now, Seamus was more and more sure that almost every exorcism the church had performed throughout its history could have been better treated through psychiatric medicine. Almost every exorcism, but not Casey's. Even Seamus, a doctor of psychology and the Jesuits' foremost authority on exorcisms, could not argue that Casey Tully had needed an exorcism, and he'd of course been the one to perform it. But whatever had taken control of Casey's body was not a demon. Seamus didn't know what it was, didn't think he would ever know, but he knew one thing for sure, and that's why he was kneeling here in this chapel instead of driving to the airport to board his flight home. Whatever had possessed Casey had spoken to Seamus this evening, and Seamus had spoken back. Seamus had seen the movie The Exorcist before he should have, and he half expected, the first time he performed an exorcism, that it would feel a bit like that. It hadn't, though, and while he occasionally saw something during one of the rituals that vaguely resembled the scenes from the movie, exorcisms tended to be far less intense. But never before had he sat across from someone he truly believed to be possessed, and had a casual conversation with whatever was possessing them until tonight. Whatever had possessed Casey knew things that Seamus desperately wanted to know, or at least it had claimed to. It said it knew things about Seamus himself, and why he questioned his faith, and about his sister Aoife and what had happened to her when she was younger. It said it knew things about the very nature of existence and of life after death, had answers to the thousands of questions that ran through Seamus's head every night as he tried, and failed, to sleep. Seamus had been tempted, oh so tempted, to keep the conversation going. But he hadn't. Casey had needed his help, and he had provided. The thing, whatever it was, was gone. Seamus took a deep breath and then stood. If he didn't leave soon, he'd miss his flight back to Cincinnati. As he walked down the aisle toward the door, he looked over at a statue that he hadn't noticed on the way in. It depicted a woman with a jar in her lap, sitting near a well. He assumed it was meant to represent the story of the woman at the well from the Gospels, but the woman had a horribly pained expression on her face. And for just a moment, Seamus thought he saw the woman cry a single, red tear. A tear of blood, he was sure. But when he looked more closely, the blood had vanished. Seamus kept walking, surprisingly unfazed. He knew how the woman felt. He too felt like crying.
I'm going to start this episode with a controversial question. Mm. Wow, okay. Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> okay, see, now I'm inferring quite a lot about this story. <laughs> <laughs> well, why, no, you were talking you about that it. Now? You, know, were, talk, know, you were talking I about did. aliens and body snatchers, not me. <laughs> that was you. I was group effort, I think, at this point. <laughs> My answer is absolutely. Okay. Um, I don't think they've necessarily visited Earth. I don't think they have been abducting people. But, like, I've seen the math that says it's just statistically bizarre to think that we are the only planet where life happened. They're okay. out there. Yeah, I think mine is uh, an equally safe answer. Of, <laughs> I, like, I, I don't think that they come in the, the form that, that, you know, pop culture and movies has uh, decided yeah. they come in. The little great guys. But how, how, are, how are there not uh, other beings out there in some shape or form? Okay. I totally believe in aliens as well. I, yes! I, yeah. <laughs> I I would also make a plug since we're talking about Jesuit <gasps> priests and aliens that what? Uh, There's a connection. The, the book, The Sparrow. Has anyone read this book? No. no. Oh my gosh, Eric, you in particular, I think would love it. <laughs> okay. um, only because I know you better, but it's it's basically I feel like I've heard of it though. Jesuits in space, and so the the idea being that like because it takes so it takes so long to get to a different planet. The only institution that has the longevity to like <gasps> to uh, outlast like um, political um, and like countries are is the Catholic Church. So basically, <laughs> like the Catholic Church funds the expedition because there there's reasonable assurance that they'll be around in a hundred years when the folks come back. Wow! So, so it's super interesting. Okay, so you all believe in aliens. Are you are you in, are you intrigued by aliens? Like, is this something that you've like? Have you like dug into like the cons- the alien conspiracy theories at all, at all, or are you just like no, none of that? Just like it statistically makes sense that there would be other other creatures out there, other life out there. Yeah, I don't think we've been visited. Um, okay, mm. for sure. Yeah, I think I, the go- the government's the government's uh, covering up a lot of things, but not necessarily <laughs> uh, alien visits. I would say. I mean, I always loved, like, I think I, I think I heard someone say this in regards to ghosts, and I can't remember where it was that I heard it, but that, like, even if you accept a premise that ghosts are real, people can still lie and be wrong, which is mm-hmm. to say that, like, mm-hmm. even if you think that aliens are real, all of these stories of alien abductions do not necessarily have to be real by any means. Like every now and then, I I read them and I start to get a little like, right, right, I don't, what, what if I don't, uh, eh, 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 what, eh? but then I'm like, nah. <laughs> I just, I just, I just don't buy it. I don't think we're we're that interesting. I think I I think I'm more likely to believe that the government has found and hidden things that they can't explain that may or may not be like, you know, a alien, whatever you, however you want to define that, then I am yeah. to believe that there's like a spree of abductions that have happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cows and like stuff. Like more, more along the, the, the government conspiracy than the, than the, than the whole abduction situation. I totally sure. agree with everybody that I do think that there's other life out there, whether they visited earth. Sure. Maybe. I don't know. Like what? Yeah. I, I guess I don't have a strong opinion about that. I will say, one of the things that we haven't really delved into with Delta Green, but that was a really important part of the... I've talked a little bit about the history of Delta Green on the podcast before. Mm. It was originally a kind of a Call of Cthulhu supplement um, yeah, 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 set in the 90s. That in particular, before it became its own role-playing game and moved into the modern day, was very alien-focused. Hmm. The 90s were all about aliens. Oh, yeah. So the the backstory Dana of Scully, of, baby. I'm telling you, I was there watching X Files oh, yeah. in the '90s. <laughs> the um, I just started. I, I'm I'm like only on season two of the X Files. I'm like so it's, good. It, it really is good. It really. It's is a hot good. mess sometimes, but when it's good, it's good. Yeah, yeah. But the kind of the the kind of important battle in Delta Green mm. originally was between Delta Green, which was this like extra governmental um, kind of conspiracy based organization that was set up into cells. Um, so if you, you know, if you listen to season four, that takes place in the nineties, they were O cell, right? And it's only the mm. three of them and they don't really know who else is in the organization. It's all off the books versus the actual governmental organization. Right. Which, and now I'm not gonna remember the name of it, um, but 
Uh, yeah, sorry, Majestic, Majestic Twelve, which is like the big alien conspiracy, right? Where the where people in the government made a pact with the Greys hmm. in exchange for technology, uh, exchanging their uh, the ability to cover up abductions for technology. Oh, interesting. And so, like that—that that, the '90s Delta Green setting is very alien focused. And then, <laughs> as we shift into the more modern day, it's much more like the 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 other unnatural threats that people are trying to eliminate, which is kind of more what we're doing in this in this setting. I I have so much fondness. Like while I was watching X Files, I was also watching so many other science fiction properties. Um, and still do. I'm in the midst of a Babylon 5 rewatch, and mm. it still slaps. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing. Like, it, I love... I have such huge fondness for stories about aliens that are about... There are these incredible alien civilizations out there, and they all exist, and they're basically like humans, and we can, like, play out our most incredible stories through them. But, like, I do love when you get occasionally those stories where, like, aliens are just beyond our understanding mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um I, I think that's so fun because i'm so used to being like yeah it's a guy in a prosthetic mask that's an alien um it's fun to like get to play around with the idea of like no they're actually quite different and there are consequences to that and ways in which that will interact with us that i think is really interesting mm-hmm. and probably much more likely <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 i'm definitely i'm definitely like i'm not a i'm actually not a big sci-fi person like i've only watched a handful of episodes of star trek like i don't read a lot of sci-fi like i I like star wars but (laughs) that's fantasy yeah i'm much more into like the yeah well yeah that's it's like futuristic (laughs) fantasy right i'm much more like a like a vampires or werewolves kind of guy than i am a a, like an aliens kind of guy Sure. whatever that means i don't know (laughs) (laughs) um all right so we're going to uh we're gonna hop back into the story where did we leave off with our characters? So Ellie and Ellie and Sonny are driving back from Cincinnati, and they have decided that they're going to make a stop off at Ohio University to try mm-hmm. to see if they can find any information about Michael Brown, who has become Dan and Ignis, and who used to be a professor at Ohio University. Meanwhile, Seamus uh, has just visited uh, the, the local retirement home outside of Chester and found out that um, one of the residents' father was a classmate of Arthur Hunt's and always told him that after after 1923, Arthur Hunt used to look at him like he didn't even know who he was. Hmm. Hmm. So I think we will pick back up with Seamus. Um, you don't really find any other kind of interesting or new information at the retirement home so we can fast forward to you leaving the retirement home probably late morning by this point with Eva. Uh, and yeah you could i assume Eva <laughs> didn't come into the retirement home with you so um no, so you just stay back the out of the car how'd yeah. you how'd you convince her of that <laughs> she knows her boundaries yeah does, does <laughs> she just just the, ex- just the exorcism boundaries yeah um, I yeah, I told much. her, I was like, this is, you know, seal of confession type stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, I gotta, I gotta, you know, talk to people in confidence and wait in the car or stay in the lobby. Okay. So would this also be another good time to just like download the information to my, my partners here? Sure. Sure. Yeah. You can kind of keep a, you can, you can keep cool. a, uh, keep them, them updated as you go. That's great. This is about as they're arriving in Cincinnati. <laughs> And we're like, hey, we gotta go. There's like some tension out here. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're gonna go bribe a teenager real quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's basically like, where do where do we go next? Yeah, what are you gonna do Aoife next? Efa wants to go. Efa wants to spend some time outside. She she had mentioned the mi- the mounds before. She'd also mentioned hiking before. Um, you got into a little bit of an argument about that. <laughs> Yeah, hiking is a no-go for me. Um, <laughs> it's a big old no for me. Yeah, that's, now that's a no the for right me. the right shoes. <laughs> yeah. I, I think now's probably, you know, I think we've, we've put off a visit to the mounds long enough. So um, uh, I think it's time. And look, I would say if, if you go into the mounds with her, is going to get her out of your hair, then yeah. by all means, go, go see the mounds. Go see the mounds in the daytime, send her off on her way, and we can get down to the real nitty gritty stuff. I agree. So we make our way to the mounds. Moundward ho. Mm. (laughs) Moundward ho. (laughs) I don't like when Eric has to go like 
look he's up like, like what's gonna happen. <laughs> no, no, I just, like, I have to, I just gotta, I just have to get to my notes. Like, no, Mound time. All right. Uh, he's gotta open the tab yeah. of like Here terrible things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you head over to the Chester Mounds. Um, I think you get the very, the the very clear impression that this was at one point a pretty popular tourist destination. The signs. You know, there's there's a lot of signage, but it looks pretty old, um, kind of pointing people in different directions. There's a there is a place where it looks like you could you used to be able to sign up for tours, but there's nobody in there anymore. Mary Gerard of the Mounds. Yes, well, and, and if you recall, Mary Gerard said she used to work at the oh, Mounds, but they there it's not she's funded irreplaceable. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, there's there's no one working here anymore. There are a few other cars in the parking lot. It does seem like there are some people like wandering around looking. Hmm. So I maybe I go over to these folks. I say, oh, are you guys here to tour the mountains as well? Well, I mean, I don't know about tour. I, I don't think they offer tours anymore. But, you know, it, it's it's so interesting. Don't you think that it's uh, these these earthworks? So, you know, we saw the Great Serpent Mounds and we just decided we should come see this other one, too. Have you seen the photos, the aerial photos? Say, say that one more time. You saw the Great Serpent Mounds. Is that what you said? Yes, the the Great Serpent Mounds, and you, I think, would have heard of these. They're it's a much it's the largest earthwork in the world, and it's it's somewhat close in Ohio. It's a real thing. Okay, um, it just rings a bell for me because there are snakes hisses. The, mm-hmm. These mounds, these are the mounds as well that are in the shape of three serpents. Correct. These, yes, these. The Chester Mounds are in the shape of three serpents. The Great Serpent Mounds, I believe, it's it's more of like a like a long kind of winding um, pattern. This, I think, when you looked it up, that the the Chester Mounds are supposedly more intricate, but not as large as the Great Serpent Mounds. Got it. So yeah, I say you know, t- to tell you the truth, me and my sister are just here for the day, and and saw this uh, was a kind of a tourist attraction, or at least used to be. So I don't know much about earthworks at all. Oh really? The well, you know, they were they were supposedly built by this this Adena culture. Do we know much about that the, this Adena culture, or, or do you know anything? Are you asking, sir, this, madam? Are you asking this person? It's, it's I'm two, asking it's, the sir, the sir or madam that I don't know who I'm speaking with. Two women that you're talking okay, to. Okay, madam and madam. Um, <laughs> I have some suspicions here about. Yeah, who what's this that? Is? What's that face, Emily? <laughs> I have a, I have. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Feel free to introduce yourself to these strangers at any time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Father Seamus O'Keefe. Um, oh, he's dropping the father. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to try to see if it gets me anywhere um, faster uh, with, with these folks. So, okay. uh, yeah, I'm visiting, visiting from Xavier. Oh, uh, well, hello, Father. Uh, it's nice to meet you. I'm, uh, I'm Sam, and this is, this is Aaron. Yep. <laughs> nice to meet you, Sam and Aaron. God darn it! I knew this was gonna yeah. happen. <laughs> Seamus takes Seamus takes a picture, a selfie with them, and sends it to the- <laughs> <laughs> Met the nicest people. My wonderful tour guides. <laughs> because Seamus has no idea. Not at all. That- okay, great. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I have not mentioned it. What brings you? What brings you to Chester? Oh, did you, sorry. You had asked about the about the Adina culture, or oh, are yeah. you not no, asking me- them that? No, I I want to know. They're gonna yeah. Adina culture first, and then we'll see where that goes. <laughs> well, I, I mean, there's, uh, I don't know, I, I'm no, I'm no expert, and you, Sam, it it seems like like is the is she knows quite a bit about what she's talking about, but she's like not, it's not like her field of study or anything like that, and so she she like it's hesitant to like seem like she's an expert. That's the that's kind of the sense that you get, but she's okay. like, oh well, you know, it's a, it's an old it's an old culture, you know. That, pe- that we don't actually know a lot about. They're not sure whether it's, you know, a single culture or, or kind of a mix of, of various cultures. They were around maybe in the time of the, around the time of the Greeks, but, but in the Americas. And they're supposedly the ones who, who built these, these earthworks and some other ancient mound structures kind of all the way from West Virginia to Oklahoma. I mean, they say that they're the predecessors to the modern Native American tribes that populated this area, but, you know, and a lot of the Native American tribes claim to be descendants of the Adena, but, you know, no one has any real definitive proof of that. That's really interesting. I didn't know any of that. Thank you. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just think it's, I just think it's cool. I just think it's interesting. What, uh, what's brought you to, to Chester? 
Oh, we well, you know, we're we're just making a little bit of a road trip. We're we're from um this case near Cleveland, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we're from up, up near Cleveland and, you know, long weekend just decided to to do a little bit of a road trip. It just seemed like fun. This and you know, I I don't know, I saw I saw a History Channel special about the Great Serpent Mounds and I started looking into it and I you know, I just it it was close by, so so you know, we went there and then we came here. I mean, um, you know, this reminds me of a of a of a documentary I saw once, and you know, forgive me, I'm, I I think this is really interesting, but has anyone ever mentioned that this kind of sounds like aliens um, or like <laughs> like uh, crop circles or or these? What was that show? Ancient aliens? Ancient, I think yeah. I saw one night on on uh, History Channel. So, well, how do you like how, how do you all uh, read that? Is is that baloney, or do you think there's anything to that? I don't know. I mean, you know. I think this. I think there's a little more connection, a little more realism to this because you know I think if you if you talk with the Native American peoples, they they have they believe in a connection between. But they believe that the Adena were their ancestors. It's not so much a a culture that came down and and you know gave technology to the people that were already there. This is this, these are just their ancestors. Great. <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah, my reasonable girlfriend. You go. <laughs> Ex-girlfriend. I know, don't remind me. <laughs> That's very rational. Uh I'm very impressed with you know, I, I, I deal a little bit with uh with with the rational and the irrational myself as studying psychology and, and, and as a priest. So it's always it's always a pleasure to to talk to another uh interested, rational thinker. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh I hope that I, I hope that I could be of some help. You should you should walk around. It's 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 just kind of a cool place. And I, I, I have you seen the have you seen the aerial shots? It's really just amazing. I haven't. Um, but I I haven't. Right. Um, you maybe I don't know. Like maybe there was a brochure, but she pulls out her phone and like okay. pulls up a photo of it. And it is really very impressive that it, these like huge earthen mounds that like come together in that spiral formation that you that you've mm-hmm. been seeing all over the place. Yeah. Wow. This is really cool. Oh, this is really cool. So I think my sister Aoife and I are going to walk around. I mean, as we walk, like, is there anything in particular, you know, you guys are the earthworks experts, like that we should be looking for, or should we just enjoy the beautiful day? Uh, I think you should just enjoy the beautiful day and just uh, honestly, you know, uh, be impressed by what, what the, our ancient cultures could do. Hmm. Ancient cultures. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, Ethan and I start walking around, and maybe I take a few pictures on my phone and just uh, send them to my team and say, yeah. "Hey, maybe send a few selfies." Mountain time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you can. I think that you can tell both why this is like a you know it has been kind of a protected site, but also why visitors don't come around much anymore. Like. Mm-hmm. It's cool, but it's mm-hmm. also like I don't know. It, you you really have to you have to have the context for it to be particularly noteworthy or to know what it looks like up from above because from here it looks like you know mounds of dirt. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a question I was wondering. Like, how high are these mounds? I never know what to picture. I don't. Know. Um, <laughs> let me look up the Great Serpent Mounds. I I have also been googling like a deep people. Yeah. <laughs> Great serpent mouth. <laughs> they look like they're actually pretty shallow. Yeah, like three, like three feet high. Yeah. What? That's wild. So to look at them, yeah, to look at them, it's uh, you, yeah, the aerial shot is very helpful. To but see like the yeah, the great serpent is. mound is like almost like thirteen hundred feet long. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Hmm. All of us like sitting here trying. Yeah. To... Nick seems unimpressed. <laughs> no, no, not 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 unim- unimpressed is not the right word. I'm just like uh, I'm questioning how maybe people jump straight to like, oh, aliens did that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. or you know, someone was digging a like a trench around their property, or like it's a. Well, the the one in the one in Chester is very much like it. It was intentionally designed this way. There's no way it could be. Um, it could have just been a happenstance. Mm. That's true. Okay, well, you know, um, people maybe didn't have a whole lot to do back then, so they were just like, <laughs> let's just let's, yeah. let's, also who 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 jumped to aliens? 
I mean, oh, other not, than Seamus. Not, not in our story. I'm, th- I'm thinking more like in, 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 in IRL. In, in, in you know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ancient Absolutely. Aliens. The ancient aliens guy. Um, and Seamus doesn't believe, like, Seamus yeah, 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 respects yeah, yeah. the Adena c- culture as so, such as it is. And so <laughs> he he's not trying to, yeah, he's not a conspiracy theorist himself, but he's just trying to dig for information. Yeah, and I think if we if we look at like the pictures that you're sending of it, like I mean, we can text back. Like, do you see any? I happen to see any like recent digging. (laughs) I don't know, like, because that's the thing. I think I think you're right that like they are these kind of like beautiful old things, and like I think the only thing that we'd really be able to tell is like if they look like they've been tampered with. Yeah. So we're walking. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, Ethan, I, I, you wanted I, and, to be and, here, and out of the sky <laughs> comes a huge. Me- no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, as as you're walking, Ifa kind of like tugs on your shirt and kind of points and says, "Look, w- w- one of the entrances to the hiking trails. It's it's right here." Um, are you? Well, I I'd like to go, but you know, if, if you're if you're too busy, I understand. I I can take a little hike on my own. It's it's totally fine. I begin to think that Eva speaks with the voice of a certain authoritarian figure in this story. <laughs> does um does the sign say like how long the hike is, you know, or like how many minutes like the the loop, the loop is or whatever? Elevation change. It doesn't, but um she seems to have looked it up if you you know, if if you if you're curious. Yeah, I mean, Eva, how long do you think this hike will take? Like I said, I I I need to stay close for this uh this patient. Well, there's a, there's a lot of interconnected trails in this area. You know, it's a it's a pretty rural county. There's a lot of interconnected trails. We can make it as long or as short as we want to. Uh, all right, Aoife, let's go on a short hike. You know, neither of us are wearing our hiking boots or hiking clothes. Um, but <laughs> Dan, this, I, Dan, this is this is this is Midwestern <laughs> hiking. This is this is walking. <laughs> this is not. This is like a little trail. We're going yeah. up some three foot mounds here. Yeah. Yeah, there's no elevation here. This is this is this is walking. Exactly. Great. So yeah, we'll we'll go on a light a jaunt, a stroll in the woods together. Um and continue to, you know, bond as brother and sister. Yeah, what do you walk. what do you think what do you think you and Aoife talk about as you're as you're hiking along through the through the woods of of Megas County? Uh I think you know, we mentioned like this is something the surprising me is something Aoife does with some regularity, but I might ask her like, you know, this this time what prompted the visit? Um, was there anything in particular that motivated her to come come see me this weekend of all weekends or I guess this it's Tuesday now, but and if 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 it's just a normal kind of thing, then I I just make small talk, ask her how her husband is and you know, things like that. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, Jack was going out of town for work and, you know, it just it seemed like a good opportunity to to come down. Um, I was going to be by myself, so I thought I'd I thought I'd come. You know, he's you know, we spent Labor Day. Jack is her husband. We spent Labor Day weekend together and then, you know, he had to fly off. And so, you know, I I figured I'd come down. But I mean, I let's talk about you. I the I can't believe they're I can't believe they they asked you to to come back to start to start doing, you know, those again. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I and I and I I didn't want to. Um and you know, it's been a long time since I've even, you know, picked up the crucifix and 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 said those words and done those rituals, but there was there was just something about this one, this case, or I wouldn't call it a case, I'd call it a a situation or a request. Um that uh made me feel compelled to help. And so, you know, you know us Jesuits, we when when people ask for help, we we try to show up. You're, you know, you, you really are, I just want to make sure you're taking care of yourself. I know you're, you're incredibly committed to, to your work and your, your mission and your calling, but you know, I don't, I, sometimes I feel like I'm the only one paying attention to whether you're okay. Oh, that, you know, I, I appreciate that Aoife, but I've got, you know, I've got my fellow professors, I've got my students, I've got, uh, the, the community at Xavier. I, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm, you know, you don't need to worry. Okay. Well, you know, I, you know, I do, I, I'm going to worry no matter what, but well. You know that I'm here if you need me. Absolutely. And I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad we're together and not <laughs> not splitting up. And, um, Aoife's a good I, egg. Because I, I worry about you, too. Oh, there's nothing to worry about me. I'm fine. Well, I'm glad you're fine. And I'm glad, you know, you haven't had any episodes since, you know, since, the, you know, when you were a kid. Right. Me, too. Me, too. 
Um, what's your, uh, what's your, (laughs) what's your survival score? What? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Survival. Yeah. 30. Okay. Uh, why don't you roll me a survival check? Great. Surely these trails are blazed. Surely this is fine. (laughs) 82. Oh no. 82. Okay. So. Are you going to get eaten by a bear? I think it was probably around noon when you started heading when you when you started walking down the trail. <laughs> okay. It's been probably an hour or so and you don't really have a good sense of where you are. I mean, you're on a trail somewhere, but you were kind of, you know, you were focused on the conversation. There aren't really many signs pointing the different directions. Like you're still very clearly on a trail, but there doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be an exit any you know anywhere in sight. How does Aoife feel, or do I mention this to Aoife and being like... Do you? I don't do know, I, do you? I'd say, I, I might be annoyed and say like, hey, I thought you said it was a really uh, short trail, or, you know, this would be really quick, Aoife, but I'm, now I'm struggling to figure out where, where we even are. Um, do you have a, do you have a sense? Oh, well, um, yeah, give me, give me a second. Let me, let me look. And she, like, pulls out her phone and, like, starts kind of, like, looking at the trail map that she had pulled up on her phone. She's like, yeah, I think we're, um, like, uh, I think... I think we're on this one, so maybe if we just walk down that way a little ways, um, oh, Aoife. it'll take us back to kind of the the main oh. trail that leads out. <laughs> she does not seem sure. Oof. I mean, what other options do we have? I mean, not many. Not many. Like. <laughs> All right, Aoife, let's see the smirk on your face. <laughs> yeah, not many. <laughs> um uh, right. Roll me, roll me a D four, please. Oh shit! Oh a D four. That's like so. I ru- with um four yeah, sides. You should be able to yeah. say that. Yeah. Got it. All right. Four. Ooh. <laughs> please oh, tell me that's not that's ours. A bad, that's please a bad. Please tell ooh. me that's not ours. <laughs> that's definitely ours. No. <laughs> so you soon come to realize that you are very lost. Somewhere along the line, you took a path that, you know, you weren't paying attention and you went left down a fork that you did, you know, that you didn't kind of clock on the map. And the deeper you get into the trails, the more expansive they are. Um, And it's they're also like in the woods, right? They're, They're like among trees. And so there's no way for you to like look out and see what direction. I mean, you can you can like you can see the sun, but the trails don't. The only the only way that you would be sure to like head in the direction that you feel like you need to go is to is to leave the trail and like, you know, just follow the sun and head to, you know, straight in one cardinal direction. You're very confused as to where you are compared to the the trails and how and where one might lead out. <laughs> I mean, and you're yeah, so and so the so the, yeah, the 4 hours is like a is like a that's how long it will take you to find your way out though i'm not saying we're fast forwarding four hours right now but like you're very lost oh boy do i still have service on my phone uh roll me a luck roll please 99 oh that's a critical (laughs) failure Um, (laughs) not only do you not have service um you the the outlet in the in the hotel last night wasn't actually working (laughs) so your phone dies oh god Are we just going to hit at some point every number in the 90s? Because we've hit like a lot of them now. I'm not. I'm going to invest in an actual die in the future because I don't trust the whatever algorithm this uh, uh, website is running. Okay. um, Well, so we're really running out of options. She has her phone. She has her phone. Um, And let me roll a luck roll, see if she has service. Uh, that's a 10. So yes, um, she has service at the moment. It's spotty, but she has it. Uh, like, can we pull up Google Maps and, and have it show us where we are? Or is it just kind of, is it just showing us like in the middle of a forest? Yeah, you're, yeah, definitely showing you in the middle of a forest. Okay. This is 2016 Google Maps technology, which is not <laughs> as strong as 2022 Google Maps technology. And I don't have, like, I don't know the numbers of, um. Probably not. No. Yeah. I'd be very impressed if you did. Yeah. Nobody knows numbers. That's anymore. not my skill. But we're on a trail. Like it, we're not. Yeah. We're, yeah. So th- th- this is. It may not be marked, but this is a. We're in a place that is like 
we're not like cutting down trees to try. No, to no, no. You're, you're very much. You're very much still on a trail. You just don't know where in the like somewhat intricate system of trails you are. I mean, at this point, I would just tell Aoife, like, I'm really frustrated and uh, like, I don't know where I don't know where we are, Aoife. And not that it's your fault. Well, it kind of is. Um, but um, we got to, you know, we got to try to get out of here before the sun goes down. Yeah. So, you know, she at this point, she you can tell she feels she feels really bad um, and feels like it's her fault and is happy to listen to whatever strategy you think is best. I feel like I would try to like see where the sun is going down, use that to determine the cardinal direction and then just walk in one cardinal direction and try to like just get out of the But forest. stay on the paths and just try to go as much in that direction as you can. Yeah, while staying on the pass cuz I'm not trying to rough it out here. <laughs> okay. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, you're you're able to do that. You think that you're you're pretty sure that that Chester is east of where you're trying to uh, of like of where the the forest and the paths were. Um so you're trying to kind of head away from where the sun is heading and it it really does it takes a long time to oh. try to you know, because the paths just, they just don't go, there's no path that goes straight east, right? And even the eastern the eastern direction paths that you take, sometimes they curve around, to, you know, back to the west or whatever. And we're going to cut away from you. <laughs> lost Great. in the woods. Great, lost. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And so it's about 4 p.m. for both of you now. We're, we're, we've, we've, we've connected <laughs> the timelines again. <laughs> it's about 4 p.m., and Ellie and Sunny arrive at Ohio University. Um, and I'm sorry, quick question. Remind me, we talked about this last time, um, but I don't remember what I was informed. What happens if I decide to take another caffeine pill? Ah, right. Yes, that we should we should we should decide on that. If you take a, another caffeine pill, you will continue to reduce the twenty <sighs> percent penalty to zero, yeah. but you will take another d6 worth of willpower damage i will tell you pronouncements that there are consequences for reaching low willpower totals and you're at six right now right yeah i think so i remember it being cut in half yes exactly six what constitutes a low threshold <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to die in ohio <laughs> <laughs> Um, so an agent whose willpower hits one or two has an emotional breakdown. Oh, goody. The agent okay. suffers a minus 20% penalty to all actions until the willpower rises above two. Um, so it would be an, an additional 20%. And at zero willpower, you collapse completely incapacitated and perhaps unconscious. Not great, Bob. And to regain willpower, uh, you need to get a full night's sleep. Okay, that was my next question. Great. Ding, dag, nabbit. And so by taking, you'd have about a 50% chance of at least increasing or not being effective, right? Because it would cancel out the 20% from exhaustion, but <laughs> but give you the 20% for having, you know, being almost out of willpower. Yeah. And a, and a, a one-sixth chance of collapsing. All right. I'm not, I'm not going to do it right now. I'm going to let it okay. ride. And... Yeah. <sighs> got, see how far we can get. Got a little bit of rest in the car, maybe. Not <laughs> like sleep, but just like uh, <laughs> mental rest for a minute. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah it was that's, great. That's good Loved stuff. that. So relaxing. I did my deep breathing. Yeah, I think you're oh. just, I think at this point you're just feeling really, really drained. Like you're just <sighs> really tired. Yeah. Emily, remind me what Ellie's occupation was you're a professor right i am a professor i am a um professor in the genetics department or a at least i am a tenure track faculty no i'm not even tenure track faculty that's the you're dream. adjunct yeah you're adjunct, An adjunct, adjunct. faculty um, you'll, you'll get there one day just keep persisting in the woods. <laughs> isn't that just the way um yeah um, so i i am also a ecology okay person. yeah i guess i'm I, I'm balancing, like, Nick knows that Ellie is exhausted, but, and I, I guess Sunny would probably have some inclination as well that, like, yeah. Ellie is maybe You can definitely tell tired. she's tired, yeah. But at the same time, like, if we're going to go to a college campus and talk to some professors to get some information out of them, like, it seems like you should be Absolutely. the one taking lead here. 
and I'm gonna push myself. Like I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm trying. I'm trying here. I'm trying to like yeah. show good. Happy, happy because... to pose as a as a fellow professor <laughs> as well. Uh, you know, we're 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 researching something. Yep. But yeah. So uh, you know, are are you cool to 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 go in there and um sort of take lead on, on this a little bit? Oh yeah. No, absolutely. It's. it's Fine. Fine. I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know much about Ohio University. Um. <laughs> and and uh, Douglas Yale was a um, professor. No, not Douglas Yale. Sorry, Michael Douglas Brown. Yale. No. Michael, Michael Brown. Brown. Michael Brown. Michael Brown. He was. A, we we was said a that he was a literature professor. Yeah, right? that's correct. Yes. Great. So I guess we're headed to the English department. Oh boy, These, those are not my people. But yeah. So what's your what's your approach here? <laughs> What a good question. Um, and remember, this was twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, are we, are we are we are we researching um, uh, cults around the the country? And we're we're possible. To, we're, we're looking to get some information on Michael Brown and the New Star Crusade. If any, yeah. And I mean, I think like there's. I'm happy to to try and parlay it into a science connection and say that like. I have a working theory that I'm trying to collect information on that there may be some sort of either a genetic or environmental factor that is contributing to a certain, like, state of some wibbly-wobbly stuff that allows people to want to follow charismatic leaders. Hey. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. That's, wow. that's wow. very specific. And uh, that, that, sounds, that sounds great to me. Ellie can throw around some buzzwords in her sleep. So I'm hoping, especially honestly, if, like, let's be real, Emily Townsend, English major here, I knew nothing of sciences. So if a science person came over and started talking, like, with authoritative science-sounding words, I'd just be like, cool, cool, cool. They sound like they know what they're talking about. I accept that I have no context for this and can, like, just proceed. <laughs> so I'm hoping to parlay the differences and tensions between humanities and the sciences. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> all right, so roll me. I think we'll go with bureaucracy. Oh, boy. Okay. You should have some bureaucracy. Both of us or just one of us? Whichever one of you wants to, whichever of you has a better bureaucracy. Got a I've got a 40. I've got, I've got 60. Why don't you go for that? Yeah, I'll roll. All right, let's go. Give actually, let's, let's do, I mean, it, it amounts to the same thing, but I think, I think that Emily, I'm sorry, I think Ellie is probably the one who's going to lead this. Sure. Uh, but we're going to, we'll give you a plus 20% because of Sunny's support. So you're going to roll, but with 60. My, f- well, well, aren't I rolling minus 20? Shh. Don't bring that oh, you up. You are rolling minus twenty. So yes, you're rolling at a you're rolling at a flat forty. <laughs> Emily, just too honest. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank All you. All right, well, because you know, like someone would someone would call us out. Let's see. The internet. Forty-seven. Ooh, tough. Yep. Um. So you go into the English department, and the person sitting at the desk is looks like a student. Mm. And he's like, hi, uh, can I help you? Hi, yeah, um, I'm hoping to find somebody, like, honestly, I'm looking for somebody who's been around here for a while. Um, my name is, is Dr. Eleanor Freeman. Um, I'm working on a project. I'm hoping to talk with some sort of member of the faculty who's been here substantially, like, a couple decades or something about a certain project I'm working on. Um... I, can you tell me the the nature I, I the nature of the project I, I I'm not sure I can just you know hand out information. Oh, totally fine. I, trust me, I get it. <laughs> um, yeah, I am coming in because I I work over at Case Western Reserve, um, and I am working on some initial research for a project where we are looking into both genetic and environmental factors. And I'm she's just gonna throw in more science mm-hmm, words mm-hmm. here that I don't know. And yeah, so we're trying to find some information about a former professor who I know was here um, some time ago. You, at the time, he was Michael Brown, and I know he was a professor here in this department. I'm just hoping to find somebody who might have worked with him. Um, okay, fine. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that name. There's no Professor Brown in this department now. Um, no, he, but, he moved on several years ago. <laughs> and he like pulls out a directory and starts kind of like looking through it. And he's oh, like, wait, no, no, he's not here anymore. He hasn't been here for a while. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. And he he like he continues to look through, and he's like, 
and he just like starts saying names out loud. Okay. Yeah. So there's there's um, Professor um, Professor Williams, Professor um, Professor uh, Tremini. Um, there's uh, Professor Muckleroy um, and Professor Michaels. Um, I think all four of them have been here at least twenty years. You know what? Thank you so much. I know this is a weird request. I do appreciate your help. Thank you very much. Do you happen to know if any of them have office hours today? I no, I'm I'm not sure. I don't I don't have any of them, so I'm I'm not sure. That's fair. Are they lucky and blessed enough to have their offices within range of this main office? Uh, yeah, all four of them should have offices in this building. Um, and he he reads off pretty quickly like four office numbers. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. I definitely appreciate your help in this. I mean, who knows if it's going to go anywhere? This might not lead to any sort of project must let a grant funding ho oh, ho uh we'll go <laughs> <laughs> ellie's so tired <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i think if if with that list she's just gonna take a peek up and down the halls see if any of those professors have offices that look like they're it they've got somebody in them right now uh all four have their doors closed any do they have i know my professors yeah like used to have like office hours posted outside um, yeah, they do. Um, and it, it seems like one of them, Professor Brenda B, uh, Dr. Brenda B. Muckleroy. Excellent. Should have office hours right now, so should be in there. Let's go knock. Let's go knock. Let's see. Take a chance. Take a gamble. Hightail it if it doesn't work. Yes. Ha, is this Dr. M- Dr. Muckleroy? Yes. <laughs> what a warm and welcoming voice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have, have just a second, I see that you've got your office hours that you happen to be open at the moment? Come in. Open. I will open the door. You don't look like a student. Hi, Dr. McElroy. No, I'm not a student. Um, I'm actually a professor at a nearby-ish university. I'm working on a project. Which um, one? Oh, I'm at Case Western Reserve. All right. Yeah, and like, honestly, I'm working on this new thing. It may not pan out. I don't know, but I'm Who are you? It- and she like looks over the shoulder at, at Sunny. Oh, that's my associate. Ah, yeah, uh, Professor Lau. All right, go on. Yeah, honestly, we are hoping to find somebody who might have known Michael Brown back when he was around here. Did you happen to cross paths? And she just kind of like looks at you like quizzically for a second. She's like, are you, uh, are you conspiracy theorists? Oh, God, no. No, I'm a scientist. I'm, I'm the opposite. Why are you looking for Michael Brown? I have this weird idea. And she, again, is going to kind of try to describe this cockamamie science-based project all right she's gonna cut you off in the middle of it she's like all right i i, I don't i don't need to hear all that i yes I, I was here i was here when michael brown was was around yeah i mean honestly i'm trying to figure out like is there anybody here who knows or has any clue like what made him up and go start a cult well i i have to tell you i grief hits people in sure in strange ways his well he I think he was estranged from his father up until just before his father passed, and he returned home a few times as his father was ill, and I, I just think it, I think it got to him. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's not, you know, the most ideal for my research, but is there by any chance any sort of, like, I don't know, like, did he ever seem like the kind of guy who would up and, and do something like that? Grief being what it is and the, the effect that it has upon us all. Yeah, just like, was he was he an odd duck? The Michael Brown that I knew for 11 of the 12 years that he worked here was talkative, social, affable. And the Michael Brown that I knew for the year after, the, the, the last year that he worked here was somber and distracted, dark, brooding. Seemed like, you know, like I said, I think that I think that grief does strange things to people. Again, what what is it that what is this about? I, I don't have a lot more time. No, that's fair. Like, um, we're just trying to pinpoint like if there's some sort of you know factor that might have kicked in. Is there any chance that like his research changed in that last year? Did he suddenly start going off on other tacts? I don't think so. I just I if I'm being honest, I think he had a bit of a mental break. I yeah, you know, I I, I actually I he came back once the year after he left his position, 1999. I, I happened oh. to see him. He he came back to pick up some things. He looked at me like. He had no idea who I was. Like, it was a new person altogether. Like, I was a problem to be solved rather than a colleague that he had spent time with for, for years. Klaxon, 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 klaxon! Okay. All right, so we're going we're gonna to cut away from you. 
and the esteemed Dr. Muckleroy. Yes. And uh, and switch back over to Seamus. Our poor lost father. Just lost in the woods. So, actually, let me see. Chester, Ohio, sunset, um, September, <laughs> let's say 10th, oh my God. 2016. The commitment Seven, to detail. 7.53. So you've got some time. You've got ah. some time. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's after late. It's summertime still. So it's, you know, it's it's definitely, you know, it's it's getting on to be evening. It's, you know, maybe around five o'clock or so. And it seems like the trees are thinning a little bit. Like maybe there's some sense. Maybe even you hear a car or two like a little bit off to the east. Like maybe you're approaching a main road. And then you hear some rustling in the trees, some movement off to the side. No, 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 no. What do you do? It sounds bigger than like a squirrel. I think I I am not happy about this. It it kind of starts freaking me out. I I tell Aoife, I think we should walk more urgently toward the direction of what we might hear to be traffic or civilization. So you pick up the pace a little bit and all of a sudden, out of the out of the woods to your right walks an old woman. She has to be in her 70s and she's completely naked. Nope. No, no, no. And she looks at <laughs> you <laughs> and no, she thanks. crosses the path and darts off into the woods. And that is where we are going to end our story mm. for now. That sounds Don't totally like that. normal. Don't like that. <laughs> This podcast was published by Arrangement with the Delta Green Partnership. The intellectual property known as Delta Green is a trademark and copyright owned by the Delta Green Partnership, who has licensed its use here. The scenario Future Perfect is copyright Dennis Detwiller, and the contents of this podcast are copyright Nature of My Game podcast, accepting those elements that are the components of the Delta Green intellectual property. Our intro music was composed and produced by Jean-Luc Bouchard. You can find more information about the Nature of My Game podcast at NOMG Podcast on Twitter and Instagram or at NOMGPodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs>